A man died and went to heaven. When he got to the pearly gate, St. Peter told him the new rules were in effect. Due to the advances in education on earth and availability of information, um, and because they were also having some housing problems. In order to gain admittance to uh, the prospective heavenly soul, had to answer three questions. The first question was name two days of the week that start with T. The second question was to name, to say how many seconds there are in a year. And the third was to say what was God's first name. Well, the man rolled the questions around in his mind for a bit and then answered, the two days of the week that start with T are today and tomorrow. There are 12 seconds in the year, and God's first name is Howard. St. <laughs> Peter said, okay, I'll buy the today and tomorrow, even though it's not the answer I was expecting. So your answer is correct. Uh, how did you get 12 seconds in a year? And he said, and, and why in the world did you think that God's first name was Howard? The man replied, well, January 2nd, February 2nd, March 2nd. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one, St. Peter said. But what about God's first name? The man said, well, it's in that prayer everybody does. Our Father which art in heaven, Howard be thy name. <laughs> Well, next in line at the pearly gates was a little boy. And for someone so young, St. Peter decides that he needs to modify the rules to get in. I mean, I don't even know the story of how St. Peter got to be in these stories. <laughs> but he's always there. Anyway, St. Peter decides he needs to modify the entrance exam. And chooses just to ask the boy one question to get in. So he says, can you tell me God's first name? The boy says, sure, it's Andy. And St. Peter says, well, that's right. <laughs> but how did you know? And he said, well, we sing about it at church all the time. Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. Andy tells me I am his own. Now, that particular piece of the joke isn't accessible to everyone, is it? People who grow up in non-Christian traditions don't know that piece of the joke. So, you know, I, I become more aware all the time of things that I might, assumptions I might make, things that I might assume um, I can share with someone else that it's not the case. There's another song we sang when I was a small child growing up in a Southern Baptist church called uh, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Yesterday, I had a pl the pleasure of uh, an adventure of traveling to Baton Rouge with a, a group of people from interfaith on a bus that Morningstar Baptist Church was kind enough 
to let us use to go down there. And the trip was very good. The statewide assembly of interfaith was a successful meeting. We presented good information to elected officials, and the turnout was really good. Um, Susan Caldwell was one of the presenters, and she did a lovely job. Um, We learned a good bit about food access in our state and trying to address some of those issues. That was really the focal issue for this particular gathering. Anyway, on the way back, the bus had a blowout. Before we got to Crot Springs, um, but no tires were to be found, and um, you know it was Saturday afternoon. So the trip back took a little bit longer for me than it would have otherwise, but it took a lot longer for other people. Um, anyway, I'm really grateful that I got a, another ride back in. Um, On the bus, people were talking about their plans at their churches, you know, all of the uh, celebrations leading up to next next Sunday, Um, things that they were talking about, Resurrection resurrection Week. Um, That's a new concept to me, too. I mean... I grew up Southern Baptist, and we did Palm Sunday, and we did Easter, but Resurrection Week as a week-long celebration, I think, is probably more Catholic, um, although these were Baptists that were talking about it. Anyway, in the Western Christian tradition, today is Palm Sunday. It's part of the Christian narrative in which Jesus arrives in Jerusalem riding a previously unridden donkey, and the, the, all of these people greet him with uh, hosannas. And if you are not from one of those traditions, but you are familiar with the musical Jesus Christ Superstar, you may remember the song, Hosanna, Hosanna, Zanna, Zanna, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. No? Too old for many of you, huh? Okay. Well, that was Palm Sunday. Um, but the crowd labeled palm branches in front of Jesus on the road. At, but those activities rile up some of the Jewish officials because they play into a scripture from the Old Testament that implies that Jesus is calling himself king of Israel. It's the donkey thing. Um, anyway, within a week... You know, officials have been called in from Rome and all this kind of stuff. Jesus ends up being killed. And all of these people that greeted um, him at Jerusalem and did all this celebration and praising, where did they go? Fairweather friends. As I listen to these people on the bus talk about their celebrations, and because in our church year we're, we're talking about the friend at this season, the phrase fair-weather friend came to mind. And on the heels of that, somewhere late last night, (laughs) the idea of what a friend we have in Jesus came along. And and I thought, you know, the very idea of the song and every notion about it um, might make 
a number of people in the congregation uncomfortable. You know, there are people within that tradition that profess active friendship with someone that we would uh, historically think died a couple of millennia ago. And for some in this congregation, that would seem an entirely unreasonable premise. But adults within the Christian tradition, who incidentally are the majority of our neighbors, the largest portion of the community for which we profess to have tolerance and respect and inclusion, these adults have a wide variety of personal experiences around this topic, as probably do the people in this room. No doubt, some vastly different from others. True? A part of our challenge, as we work to demonstrate broader inclusion, honoring our own Unitarian Universalist tradition, and defending the rights of every people to freedom of faith in this country, freedom of religion. Part of our challenge is to become friends with those whose beliefs and religious positions may not seem reasonable to us or comfortable to us. Maybe that we've had experiences with in the past and and for some reason have left. Maybe that we're moving toward. I don't know where you are on your journey. But making friends with people that can, that can push our buttons is kind of tough. Now, I recently overheard a minister from another tradition talking to a, uh, one of his parishioners. And what he said was, The pastor's job is to lead and feed. Your job is to follow and swallow. (laughs) He said it more than once in one phone call. And and when he got off the phone, I said, you know what? You could never say that to Unitarians. (laughs) And I said, frankly, I am really glad I don't have that responsibility. You know, the way I figure it, my job at best is to gather and gaze. (laughs) And yours is to group and graze. You know, he was was talking about the shepherd analogy. And and I'll hold that analogy, but but like in the Hebrew tradition, in the 23rd Psalm, it's, it's the Lord that's the shepherd, not the pastor of the church and you know sheep are grazing animals nobody's given them pablum anyway as I was saying as a child I didn't have to examine the lyrics of those songs I was very happy 
to sing along and was proud of myself for knowing them and knowing all the words and, and having a pretty loud voice. <laughs> but in my adulthood, I've had to reevaluate earlier ideas and understandings and measure them against my own experience. Um, and that which resonates with my spirit as truth. Then I'm called to walk in integrity with that truth until such a time that I gain new understandings and have experiences that call me to question my earlier understandings or conclusions and move into embracing a new perspective. I can't wholesale dismiss people that tell me they have a friendship with Jesus because I have, I have felt a presence that disturbs me with the joy of elevated thoughts. A sense sublime of something far more deeply interfused, whose dwelling is the light of the setting suns. I can't dismiss it because of my experiences. My intention this morning has been to share with you a small sampling of ideas about that which is greater, ideas about. Um, God from other religious traditions, and then to shuffle in a little bit of what that means to me. And my original plan was to talk briefly about what I mean when I, if I use the word G-O-D. Now, sometimes I really like to think of that as good orderly direction. But, um, but for me, an analogy that I use a lot is that if I cut myself... My body doesn't judge what I was doing when it happened before it tries to move me towards healing. It doesn't matter if I was being stupid or, or mean. It just does its best within the biology that I have, within the circumstances that are mine, and with what energies and, and uh, variables I incorporate into my life, and some that are, that are beyond me and my doing, I think. But my body tries to heal itself. And to me, that energy that is always doing everything it can to move us in positive directions without evaluating how foolish we may have been, that is more of an idea of God for me. How I experience that is mine. What words I use to describe that is mine. Are mine. Excuse me. Still in this season of the friend, justice, equity, and compassion, in this season... When our neighbors are enthusiastically celebrating stories and ideas that may generate in some of you something 
other than deep feelings of respect. And equality, I found myself compelled to carry this service to a little bit different place. Many years after setting aside my uh, substance entertainment, <laughs> I've had experiences that allow me a different understanding of the possibilities of guidance and maybe even something very much like an actual friendship with something I can't fully explain or name from places our brains alone may tell us are reasonable. I do not advocate living in any way that does not have integrity with your own spirit. Okay? I'm not here proselytizing. I am here talking about my experiences have changed. Me and my view about things. And they, I think, have led me to a place where I can have a different kind of understanding for experiences that others have that would have been easier for me to dismiss before. I hope that means I'm growing. It may just mean I'm on a guide, uh, on a the scenic tour. Um, but I want to challenge all of us to step out of our presumptions and our comfort about. The, the conclusions we've drawn and understand they're not final. We are a part of this tradition to affirm and promote the inherent dignity of all persons. To stand for justice, equity, and compassion and to accept one another and encourage each other to spiritual growth. It's spring. We can be blooming idiots if we want. Um, part of that growth will often be stretching enough as we go to include more love, new understandings, and more respect for those least like ourselves. In the spirit and abundance of spring, may we again lean into things that might disturb us so that we can find that joy of elevated thoughts and sense sublime. My prayer is for the peace and comfort, that peace and comfort, to come to all of us.